Hello, Esther Deborah here, and this is Agape Love, Love is Here. This is one of the many video sections of the ministry of Pastor Deborah, helping people the Lord's way. Please enjoy the video, and we look forward to you coming again. Pastor Deborah hopes you enjoy hearing about how she has learned how to help people the Lord's way, and have her many wonderful spiritual experiences throughout many, many years of helping people. Welcome again to a video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. This is Pastor Deb. Love always and forever. Well, hello again to all of you. We're back again with another basic class of the King's International Spiritual Care University. I'm glad you've come back. I'm sitting at my door. That's why the light looks good. Sometimes my face doesn't look that great. I'm looking out at Perdido Bay. It's sunny. There's hardly any wind. Husband's gone fishing this morning. So I'm taking care of some a few recordings that I was supposed to be doing. This is going to be part two of Ancient Hearts. In the last segment of basic class of the university, of me telling you how I, Pastor Deborah, learned how to help people the Lord's way. Coming from that mental health counseling, I needed a lot of work. I needed a whole new mind, new concepts and ideas. I had to have a re-makeover. Because I couldn't help people the Lord's way from a mental health counseling concept. Those towers of education and pillars... They had to all be torn down. And I had to go through and open up some treasure chest of ancient concepts and ideas. And I had to learn to read ancient books. And I had to learn new things that were really old and ancient. But they had been covered up by time and dirt and dust and forgetfulness, hidden away just waiting to be discovered so they could reveal themselves to us. So here in this basic class of ancient hearts, this is part two. We're going to pick up at Isaiah 62, and I'm going to show you how I learned to hear the heart of one of the ancient hearts, the heart of the Heavenly Father. And how I learned that I wanted to listen to him. In most of uh, faiths, people listen to just the prophet. And the reason they listen to the prophet is they believe he, has a spe- he or she has a special connection to a spiritual God or being that they don't have. So they have to go to this intermediary this prophet to hear what he has to say and that is what usually happens when you have a faith or a belief based in flesh 
the flesh of our subconscious, our biological mind, it does not hear spiritual things from spiritual beings. Spiritual things are heard by the spirit. So most believers of any faith, any denomination, they don't hear from any God. I've even run into many Christian pastors who've gone to Bible schools, got masters and PhDs, and they don't believe God talks. He doesn't need to talk to us. That whatever happens is just providence, and that's the way it was supposed to happen. You don't have a say, and he don't tell you, he don't lead you, just that's the way it is. I've heard other people talk about that God's only talked to special people called prophets or priests. Not to anybody else. And the only way that happens is if you go to a school, whether it's a school of Islam or Hindu or Buddhism and become a monk, or you become a professor in a Bible school, those are the only people God seems to talk to, not the rest of us. We just have to listen to them. Because we're taught he's really not a personable God. If you have to work in a job, or you have children, and you that you don't feel called to go and be a missionary. So you don't go to Bible school. Well, he ain't going to talk to you. He only talks to those people who've given up everything. Is that true? You hear a lot from children. They hear voices. They hear monsters under their bed. Is that God talking to them? Or something else? You'll hear people saying, God talks to me. And they say, yep, you're hallucinating, delusional. You need some medication. you got a mental health issue. A lot of problems out there. But for Pastor Deborah, she believes in this God talking. I stayed in the Old Testament, which if you will understand that the Old Testament of the Bible was all that when this Jesus Christ showed up on the scene, and Paul, who everybody seems to love, there was no four Gospels. There was no letters. There was no book of Revelations. All they had was the Old Testament. That was all. And I told God a long time ago, if you could... Open up that Old Testament to Paul. Now Paul had gone to school, learned it, probably memorized it. Pastor Deborah doesn't memorize anything. She just reads it over and over and over and over and over. Writes it out and writes it out. Reads it over and over and over again and writes it out. Then I trust my teacher, the Holy Spirit, to bring to my remembrance the scripture that I need. For instance, I was in a church service. And the pastor said out loud to about 2,000 people, let's get with our most trusted prayer partner. And I watched as visitors got with visitors, strangers got with strangers, pastors that were there got with other visiting pastors, and I thought, wouldn't a pastor's most trusted prayer partner be his wife? I'm thinking on one level, person to a person and here is what the Holy Spirit said to me 
in that moment at that test time trust no man I knew that was the word of God I had read that in Psalms this pastor was telling us to get with another human being who we believed was our most trusted prayer partner and pray for other people the Holy Spirit quietly said to me trust no man I go okay that's the word so I just turned around and bent down and prayed by myself on the pew that is an example of how the word when you learn it don't have to memorize it will come back to you at a time when if you are asking for help I was questioning he heard me say is that their really most trusted prayer partner Holy Spirit heard my heart say that so he answered the question for me because we're taught in many churches get with people have them pray with you that kind of thing other denom- other face just because they pray straight to the God others say you have to twirl bells and you have to do a mantra and you have to do a lot of just humming or chanting to get to that place so here's another example of how an ancient heart was helping me out of the Old Testament we were told in many Christian churches that when you have a problem call up somebody go to a support group call up another person a believer and ask them to pray with you and be with you and support you because you're going to need extra faith for God to hear you and for your prayer to be answered I go now I didn't know at this time I didn't know if that was true or not I was a truth seeker is that true God do I have to go to somebody else call up the prayer chain ask for help from other people so as I said I'm walking my little dog one night after a church service and I'm asking this question because I had become a truth seeker I wanted to know if what I was listening to in church hearing all the time from all the Christians was that the truth and here's what I got from the truth giver the spirit of truth himself he said I'm here on planet earth the word is here the blood is here and the Holy Father is here and if you come into agreement with all of them that makes a bunch of us that makes you the Holy Spirit the word the Heavenly Father and the blood if you come into agreement with what the word says then all of those are your support system. I go, that makes sense. I don't need another human to come into agreement with. 
I needed that ancient heart. I needed to come into agreement with it through the word, through the spirit of truth. Because I had told him, I might be all alone. I spend a lot of traveling time in motels. And something serious might be going on like my life. And I wouldn't have anybody to call. Because I was never very friends. I had no friends in church. I was a worker. I was a servant. I was on a deliverance team, a prayer team. Husband did not go to church. My son was the sound technician, television. I was working. I had a job. I had a family to raise. If I went out to eat, it was with my son after the church service and then home. And this experience in this church, I think it was Brownsville Assembly of God, this great and powerful revival of get the sin out and come back to the Lord through evangelist Steve Hill, who's now in heaven. It lasted a lot of the services till twelve thirty, one o'clock at night. We would go out to a restaurant that's no longer here named Shoney's. And they had a buffet and my son and I would go eat. Then I'd go home, go to sleep and get up and go to work the next day. And he'd go to school. So I didn't have a lot of friends that I could call. But God answered my prayer. Answered my question. So I knew now... If I would come into agreement with this ancient heart. And what he had been telling me through the Old Testament. Because I had to learn. I had to go back there. I was going to study. What this ancient heart was saying to me. Showing me what was coming. What his purposes were for me. His will and his heart. For me. Then I also could see it was the same for all of humanity. So I had to stay in the Old Testament. I had to ask a lot of questions. I had to learn to listen to a heart that was coming through words from prophets. At that time, the prophet was a person. He was still a dead spiritual creature to God. But he was a chosen vessel because he needed people to write letters and to speak to all of humanity who are flesh. Flesh does not hear the Spirit. Flesh doesn't want to hear the Spirit. It only knows what its five senses tell it. What it can see, hear, taste, and touch. And it has the nature of Satan. It has a heart of corruption and lust-filled desires. And it's filled with pride and sin and rebellion. That's the flesh. God does not talk to the flesh. God had to wake my little spirit up. Grow it up. Get it standing up because it was in the muck and the mire. Do a Hebrews 4.12 on it. He had to take the sword of the spirit. And he had to sever my spirit from my soul. So he could work with my spirit unimpeded from the soul. 
I was on a fast track. He was in a hurry. You'll read that about God. Sometimes he's in a hurry to do things. Sometimes he only has a few years to reach people. Like in this revival, nobody knew how long it was going to last. It started a summer, Father's Day, 1995. Uh, Steve was there for about five years to 2000. And then the light went out. It got dimmer and dimmer after that. And it started fading away. So sometimes God has a short time to reach people. To get them going. Get them on the path he needs. Because he knows the enemy is going to come in. When he discovers this power has come down in a church. Or in a city. Or in a town. Or in a nation. And it's going to fight back. It's going to rise up through people. It's going to get people back in the flesh. We had so much flesh there. And we had corruption. And there was so much money flowing. That the whole thing got perverted and the spirit of the Lord left now I knew it was leaving but I stayed until he actually kicked me out because it got so evil there too many evil spirits were allowed to come in the people's hearts were no longer seeking this God and trying to get the sin out and clean their lives up so much jealousy had occurred Greed, pride, was no longer the pure, undefiled presence of God. Because God can come down, but people's hearts and their flesh can be used by Satan. So in learning his ancient heart, I was learning about me. I was learning my purposes. I was learning his will. That he said he was going to help me. Pastor Deborah. Excuse me. Get myself straight here for you. He's going to help me. To change my will. And my desires. So they would line up with. His will. And his heart. And his desires. Now, when you're in mental health counseling, you sort of do that because you study a lot of different psychologists and counselors that sort of have become the fathers or the scientists that you are to study their techniques to help people. So, in a way, you kind of become intimate with them and you support them and you then, in your counseling session, you teach their way. And you get paid for it through the insurance companies. So God was showing me I needed to become intimate with his will for all of humanity. I needed to know his heart's desires for me, for the people I was to help. I had to know his will. I had to be able to be sensitive to him. And then I had to put into practice all of this so my basic classes were learning his ancient heart's desires I've written out Isaiah 61 so many times now I don't memorize it but I read it I write it I look up every word I'm going through Isaiah 61 right now on the global 
tele-ministry uh, videos. We're starting, I think, verse 5. We're going slow. I'm a slow teacher. The Holy Spirit would have me look up the words called and and but and it and a. I had to see that every word was important and the value within it. I went slow. I got notebooks and notebooks of just my study notes. My scripture references, following one scripture after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. Because when you're trying to learn this God's, His heart, His thoughts, His concepts, His mind, His feelings, His way of judgment and righteousness and helping people, it was totally different than what I had learned in mental health counseling. And it definitely wasn't what the pastors were telling me. I already found out two ways. Now I'm going to take you how a lot of this would get reassured with me and how I learned. That night we were told by the asked by the pastor to get with our most trusted prayer partner. After a few minutes of that, we all stood up and he said, Okay. He goes, Now, the Lord did not tell me to do this, but I think it's a good idea. Let's all get in groups of 12, which was a very powerful biblical number, and make a circle and hold hands and pray for revival and healings and weddings. And I go, i just been through something. That, okay, And I go, if the Lord did not tell you to do that, then I am not going to do it. Because Christ Jesus told me that he only did what his father told him to do and what he saw his father doing. So I said, no, if it ain't from the heavenly father, you told me it wasn't. I am not going to go along with the herd and participate. That was inside talk. Now the Holy Spirit is listening. He's not talking to me. But I heard that from the pastor. So then a lady came over to me and said, Would you like to join us? I said, No. The Holy Spirit would not let me. So I turned around again. And I laid, kneeled down, and put my head down on the pew. And I started praying for people to be healed and delivered and set free. Marriages. And all of a sudden, I am out of my body. I'm in the throne room kneeling, laying, praying, laying prostrate before the king of heaven. And I hear his voice said, Daughter, welcome. You are up here with me. And I'm going, oh, I'm in two places. He goes, now my eyes are closed. My head is on the pew. But I knew where I was spiritually. I'm up there. I had left. I'm in his presence. He said, look down there. Now, I just look. My eyes are closed. My head is down. And I look with my spirit down. He says, what do you see? I said, sir, I see about 2,000 people down there in Brownsville praying to you in circles of 12, pouring their hearts out to you, 
for revival and healings and marriages. He goes, I don't hear them. I go, what do you mean? There's 2,000 people down there. I don't hear them. Is that what they're saying? He said, I didn't order this. This was not from me. The pastor even told you that. I didn't tell him to do this. This was a work of the flesh from the pastor. And all those people down there followed the work of the flesh. And when flesh is doing its thing, he said, I am not obligated to hear it, to pay attention to it, to give it any kind of credence. I go, but sir, they are praying their hearts out to you. He goes, I do not hear them, for it's a work of the flesh. My heart was sad. He said, they are not like you who are up here with me. They followed another voice. They followed the pastor. He told them that I did not tell them to do this and they followed him anyway. So they had esteemed the pastors more than God. They didn't know the word of God where it says they weren't being as the mind of Christ. Where Christ said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only do what he tells me to say. So I'm crying for all those 2,000 people. I said, but Father, your majesty, their hearts are pure. They're trying to help people. Their prayers, they're trying to, you know, and he says, it's not my responsibility. I do not hear what they're saying. And I had to learn that your prayers only get answered if they are heard by God from your spirit. If it's a flesh prayer from the carnal soul, he does not hear it. My heart was sad. All those 2,000 people believing they were doing God's work. They were in obedience to the pastor. They were praying and they believed God was hearing them. Now I couldn't go around and talk to people about what they did. I just learned my lesson. I was moving from being a mental health counselor. To having an intimate relationship with this king I was learning about prayers was learning his ancient heart his rules that a flesh prayer that if you followed another voice that he didn't give the directions to then he was not obligated to hear the prayer he heard nothing my heart was saddened, but it was joyful. That is an awesome lesson I had to learn about pastors, church members, listening and doing what they told you. There were so many times in church, they'd say, let's stand up and pray for this. I wouldn't stand up. I knew that I couldn't follow another voice. So when I was learning... In these basic classes. 
about this ancient heart. I stayed in the Old Testament. There are some pastors, some of them are dead now, gone to heaven. They didn't believe in reading the Old Testament. They stayed in the New Testament. Some people just look at the Old Testament as history. But I found out God was a speaking God. He was a powerful king and warrior. He wanted intimate relationships with humanity. He wanted the Jews to be his crown that he could use and help the rest of humanity all around the world but he had when Adam lost the Holy Spirit all he was dealing with was flesh the spirit was sunk down deep in the mire of the soul so he tried to work with the flesh he had got so bad he had to have a flood then he started over again with just Noah and his three kids. And then it got bad because then they all—they were all told to separate and repopulate the world. And they didn't do that. They all were afraid. They wanted to make a name for themselves. So they all stayed together in the land of Shinar. And they built that tower. God had to come down and confuse their language. So they would separate into the different nations he was trying to create. Because they just weren't going to go. So he made everybody have a different language. Couldn't understand each other. Because in their condition of being a flesh creature. That was their salvation. Believe it or not. Then he tried to work back with the Jews to get them to just. He wanted to be their king that they couldn't see. He wanted to come down in power on Mount Sinai, but they were afraid. They said, no, no, Moses, you go and you, you talk to him. That's when the prophet came up. You go talk to this God. We're afraid he's going to kill us. But Moses was the only one that could go on up. Even a lot of the priests could not go up the mountain. So they learned, only certain people. So in the basic classes, I was learning that when you're in the flesh, you got to have some prophets and some priests. Because most of society and humanity, they just all flesh creatures. So as I was learning this about this God, I also had to learn he was coming to do some things. And in Isaiah 61, we read about this prophecy. Learn a lot. Isaiah is a wonderful book to study slowly. And we went through Isaiah 61 on the last tape. Now we're going to pick up part 2 with Isaiah 62. And I want you to listen carefully and slowly. Oops, I'm hoping I can do this. To the Father's heart. We're going to go slow. You listen as if you were sitting in the throne room. And you were hearing prophetic royal decrees. And a scribe is writing this down. And we are being told what his desires are. His purposes are for himself. For the kingdom of heaven. For humanity. For Pastor Deborah. For you. Let's listen. Isaiah 62. For Zion's sake, 
Zion was uh, defined. I went and looked it up. Let me see if I can find it here. Zion actually means... if I can remember it. it means a desert place, the wilderness, uh, some place that's desolate. Okay, so he says, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. It means I'm not going to be quiet. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. So we learn Jerusalem is the city of peace. It is God's place inside of humanity called the spirit and Zion was the soul sort of until the righteousness thereof out of Jerusalem the newly built spiritual heart goes forth as brightness shining and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burns he's trying to tell us that he wants some things done he's trying to help humanity here he's trying to help them through Jerusalem through the new spirit that just in Isaiah 61 was a mess And needed to be set free and healed. And they needed to become priests and ministers. And they would be out among the people. Verse 2. And the Gentiles. Those are all the people who are not yet believers. In this God of the kingdom of heaven. Shall see this tree of righteousness that these people had become they will see this brightness they will see that righteousness coming forth they will see salvation as a lamp burning brightly out through a person's life and words they'll look spiritually if you look at Pastor Deborah spiritually you will see my spirit glowing the beautiful colors of the rainbow out through the living stones of diamonds and jewels it's a, a pure light being he says I want that this is his heart I want that burning shining down here down in the soul I want it to shine because the soul is a desolate place and I want the Gentiles to see this and all the kings their glory he's wanting all the spiritual men humanity to see they are a king and that they have a glory and you shall be called by a new name you that are shining out calling forth to all of humanity he's saying all of humanity is going to have a new name which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And when you name something, it takes on its nature, its purposes, its essence, its image and light. The Lord God, who's the owner 
of this spiritual righteousness, this shining light. These people that have been attended to in Isaiah 61, he's going to give them a new name. Verse 3. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord. Now we're learning what his purpose. I'm going to do these things. So you will be in my hand. A crown, a symbol of my glory. That I can show all the fallen angels, all the creation. Look what I have done. Look. And a royal diadem. That's a headband. In the hand of your God. So far it's all about him. But he's helping himself because he has been defiled. His reputation, his glory, his image and likeness down here on earth and in the spirit realm that's around the earth has been defiled by humanity itself. Because humanity, the spirit of a human, was to be this glorious crown. This light, this righteousness. But it got all defiled. The light went out. So he said, I'm going to do now a work. Isaiah 61 says, my spirit of the Lord is going to come down. It's going to do some things. So we can get here. Verse 4 of Isaiah 62. You shall no more be termed forsaken he is telling you when you become a crown of glory in his hand you will no longer have the name the title of being forsaken Satan goes around and says God don't love you you're forsaken he has turned from you all these people that don't believe in Christ Jesus as the son of the living God From God's eyes, they have been forsaken and Satan rubs it in them. So they turn to other gods. Because the spirit is going to go and search for this missing father. This missing God in their life. They know spiritually. And somehow deep in the soul, it knows it's supposed to be connected to a God to help it down here. With the crops and the weather and barren women and sicknesses and diseases. And to stop the chaos that's going on. They know there's something in humanity that knows. We need a God in our life. The ancient Greeks believed that gods were a part of our life. Olympus was coming to us. We were creatures of Zeus. We were little gods, some of us. Hercules. There was something in us that believed we were to be intimate with, have deep relationships with, trust, worship, pray to. But because of our ignorance and darkness, we were all forsaken by the true God. So he's coming back now. But he says, I have to do it in a certain way. I have to fulfill all judgment, 
all righteousness, the royal law. I have to do it correctly. So I cannot be challenged. There can't be a lawsuit and an appeal that I did something out unlawful. As a king, you decree and you prophesy. You write things down. Now it's all parabolic. You'll learn about this God. Even Satan, they all speak in parabolic languages. They say it, but you got to be looking for it. So if you watch a lot of movies, a lot of cartoons, Walt Disney, the messages are in there, but they're in a different form. So he says in verse 4, You shall no longer be termed forsaken. Neither shall your land any more be termed desolate. He's talking about the spirit and the soul and the physical body. That when the spirit of truth is not in the spirit, the whole land is desolate. All three parts are without this light, this righteousness, this glory. It can have another light from the other guy. But the kingdom of heaven is not there. And you won't be called desolate anymore. But instead you shall be called Hefzba. Which means. Oh. Can't remember what it means. And land and your land called Beulah. Which means my delight is in her. I think Hespa means you are a land that's not forsaken, a wilderness anymore. You're married now. You're one with this land of the kingdom of heaven. And you'll be Beulah, the land of promise and beauty and wonder and delight. For the Lord delights in you now. He didn't delight in us when we were sunk in the flesh. You think the Lord delights in corrupt politicians or leaders? Or when persons' mouths go off on Twitter? Do you think he hates what these rioters? Do you think that gives him delight? How about people that steal at a great high level? Or all they do is worship antiquities does that delight the Lord no but they're happy their flesh is happy and the land shall be married what that means is your land your spirit soul and body shall be one with the Lord he shall care for you as a husband cares for a wife protect you and shepherd you you'll be intimate have intimate relationship you'll be able to hear his voice even while you're sleeping you'll have close intimacy with him you'll become one with him the sexual act shows us that intimacy and guess what oh Satan takes that sexual act perverts it and makes it abusive and horrible causes trauma even that has been perverted. When it was meant to show us 
a relationship that he desires. Not that he's going to have sex with us, but he's showing us the closeness, the intimacy, the oneness of two becoming one. Verse 5. For as a young man marries a virgin, so so shall your sons marry you. It means your sons will see you born again. Through Isaiah 61, you will become a spiritual, innocent virgin. And you will be married, which means linked to, legally bound to, this kingdom of heaven, the Holy Spirit, and the King. They become responsible for you. They care for you. And they treat you with dignity and respect. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride. They dance and sing. They're so happy. That is how he will be over you. So shall your God rejoice over you. Have you ever seen a God dance and rejoice and be happy over you? So thrilled to be one with you. In a deep intimate relationship with you? Do gods even dance? Yes. They sing and rejoice. Their hearts are happy. Here's another. This is all about him. How he sees us. This is his heart. He's saying I'm going to clean you up. You're a mess. You've been forsaken. Been an adult. But I'm going to come back and get you. If you want to understand how he feels, you read uh, some others in the Bible. What was that guy's name? I think it's Hosea. He had a mess with a wife. She kept running off to the slave market. She was a prostitute. But he was showing us himself. The Old Testament's all about him. Showing and revealing his hearts, his will, his desires of himself for us. So he says, I'll dance over you. Verse 6. I have set my watchman upon your walls. That's his word of God. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, my new city of peace, my spirit. Which shall never hold their peace day nor night. The word's going to talk to you. The Holy Spirit will be there. Speaking the word to you. That you may. That you might make mention. Of the Lord. The word will talk about the Lord. It won't stay silent to you. If you read it. You'll put it there. Spiritually. The Lord has sworn by. His right hand. By the arm of his strength. He's going to do this. He's telling you. I'll use my power and strength. To do this. I'll swear by it. When we put our one hand on the Bible. Or something. And we raise our right hand. We're taking an oath, a vow. 
That's what he's doing. He said, I'll use the strength of my right arm to bring this to pass. His right arm in his eyes was Christ Jesus who sat right there on his right, the heir to be. The heir that was to rule and reign on earth, Christ Jesus, his image and likeness, his son, he said, when I look at him, I see all the humanity in him. He is humanity's representative. He is my right arm. He is my strength. Let's see. Okay. Surely I will no more, verse 8. Give your corn to be meat for your enemies. What I'm trying to speak to you and give to you. I will no longer allow other gods, your enemies, to steal it and use it for themselves. And the sons of the stranger shall not drink your wine. Wine was considered identity and names and essence, character. I'm not going to let them define who you are and drink that and give it back to I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to be the one speaking to you. I'm going to be feeding you my corn. They didn't labor for that information. Satan gave it to you. You hear a lot about from uh, about how they believe angels came down, watchers, and gave information to humanity. Probably did. Because, boy, we were ignorant. You can see that in a lot of the cavemen. We needed help from an outside source. We needed some gods who had knowledge in our life to help us, to push us on, to make a way for us. If you study a lot of the ancient Greek gods and goddesses, they could, they were restricted from doing a lot of intentional and person-to-person interference with us, but they could help us in strange ways. Because they had a lot of rules on them. Study the ancient gods and Zeus and Olympus. They had a lot of great knowledge. They knew that a god and gods were to be a part of our life. But once again when the age of reasoning came in. And science took off. All of that went into the darkness. Verse 9. But they that have gathered it shall eat it. When I go and get knowledge. Like I talked about reading the word. Getting my questions answered. I am gathering my corn and my wine. My truth and knowledge. And when they he answers me. I eat it. I want to show you an example or tell you an example of that. 
gone to a church and they were the pastor did such a wonderful job he was talking about the mission of the church that it was a missionary church they had missionary orphanages in other countries they were sort of a powerful outreach and they believed in prophets and prophetic and uh, they were telling us the mission that the church was set up to do by the original uh, founders and they said if you like that and feel called to that mission of the church to come and join the church I thought he did such an excellent job very thorough knowledgeable I was quite content so church was over I go to my car and I'm waiting for my son who's at another church and I'm listening to the radio to another pastor and I sit down and I start listening to this pastor and the first thing I heard was you didn't get fed today I go what do you mean sir I didn't get fed I went there wasn't what that pastor talked about wasn't that your spiritual food wasn't that truth he was telling me about the mission of the church you did not get fed today I didn't get my corn I didn't get my wine didn't get my bread didn't even get any milk of the word didn't get any living water he's saying I was shocked I thought it was a good service but I guess he didn't so I go on a few more minutes and this guy on the radio is talking about angels and while I'm listening after I had that conversation with God and I learned I had not eaten I see my hand reach over to the console grabbing either a little piece spiritually piece of lamb or chicken and I'm going I'm eating just listening to the radio about angels couldn't tell you what he was talking about but I know I was eating meat after a few minutes the Holy Spirit said now you've eaten right then and there I realized that certain words we'd go to a church service with a plate desiring to drink milk have wine corn meat or chicken and we walk away empty because we got no truth so he said now that you have eaten which means I've heard truth I've eaten some corn I've eaten some lamb I've drinking okay I've had some water he says now you and I can have holy common union in front of me came a golden hand pure light with a golden goblin in it with jewels and real wine it says now I have the bread of life a hand handed me bread now drink the wine drink the wine it says now you've been fed I learned that day that the word what we're supposed to be hearing is food to us but it took a sermon on angels for me to get fed
So I learned a valuable lesson about the ancient heart of God and what these scriptures meant. He says, But they that have gathered it shall eat it. Well, I gathered it. Because I sat and listened. That's what that means. I'm gathering up. And I shall eat it. I shall feed on the word of truth and knowledge. And praise the Lord for that food, that meal, for the holy common union of bread and wine. And they that have brought it together shall drink in the courts of my holiness. So when that was all brought together in the car, I was drinking at a state table in the courts of holiness spiritually I had gone to a state dinner just hearing truth about angels I was drinking this wine it was real wine too better than Merlot because I loved Merlot And I was in the courts of holiness. That is how powerful the word is to our spirit. So I'm learning his ancient heart. Verse 10. Excuse me. Go through. Go through the gates. He's saying come in. Come in. I want to sit and dine with you. Come in don't have to be afraid anymore come in everything is ready angels prepare you the way of the people they're coming sound the trumpets put out the best dishes cast up cast up throw up the highway of holiness for them to see it Gather out, take out all the stones that would cause them to stumble and trip on their way. Go, host of heaven, go, angels. Prepare you the way for the people. They're coming, they're coming. I want to sit and dine with them. Lift up the standard for the people to say, shine a light. Throw the beacon lights on, light the beacons. Put the flags out all around Turn on the signage lights. Follow this way. Put agape love banners. Follow the banners. He's given his host of angels orders. They're coming. They're coming. Make way for them. If that's not the heart of a father, a king, preparing the courts of holiness for us, it tells you a lot about his heart. And about him being a king. Verse 11. Behold. That means look. The Lord has proclaimed unto the end of the world. He's proclaimed their coming. All of this that he's doing. He's going to do. To the end of the world. What does that mean? Till this world that is around this planet. Till it ends. This kingdom of darkness. And a new world comes on a new earth. He will proclaim this. 
He will call them forth. Prepare them the way. Telling them that they are the golden crown in his hand. Say you. To the daughter of Zion. Behold. Spirit of truth is talking to us now. Your salvation comes. He's telling the spirit of truth. Talking to the prophets. Tell them their salvation is coming. Here is what it's going to look like. Here is what I'm preparing the way. I'm doing all the work for them. Behold. His reward is with him. And his work is before. His reward. You can look at this in one way. His reward is with him. All that he desires to give us. Salvation. Love. Joy and peace. It's with him. The kingdom of heaven is with him. When he comes with this salvation. It's with him. He's carrying it. And he has this work that is laid before him to do. Even after the new earth comes. Lots to do. There's other worlds we'll be going to. And we'll be meeting other creatures and nations and governments. You think we're the only ones? We're the first seed. The first plant. Go watch the Star Trek movies. There are billions and billions of solar systems. We ain't even begin to ain't got out of Alpha Centauri yet. We haven't even gone to the third planet Mars. We're trying to. We ain't even gone very far. We got so much to explore and do. you have to be an explorer like the Star Trek crew. Go out to lands and places that you've never been before. But you must take the right heart with you. So that you can tell them about him. Verse 12. And they shall call them. And who is they? All of the people. All of the naysayers. All of the Gentiles. That have been eating your corn. And doing all this stuff. They're going to call you. The holy people. The redeemed of the Lord. Redeemed means. I'm going to buy you back. Re. Means re-own. Deem means own again. I'm going to re-own you. And you shall be called sought out. A city not forsaken. He is telling us what he's going to do. Why he's going to do it. How he's going to do it. He's using that parabolic language now. And he's telling us that these Gentiles down here. That don't know him. Are going to call you. All of Isaiah 61 and stuff pertains to. Holy people. They'll look at you spiritually and your soul. Now go. I don't act like you. I don't think like you. You're not like me. No, I'm not. I'm not a creature of the flesh. 
I don't rip off my nation. I don't steal. I don't bait and switch you. I'm not a crooked, corrupt politician. I don't get in bed with godless countries. I don't can't buy me off, pay me off. I'll lay down my life, fall on the grenade, lay over the barbed wire for a little sheep. And I got all authority as a king, a mighty warrior. Now you can kick some butt spiritually. No, I'm not like you, and you will see the difference. I'm redeemed of the Lord. I'm back on Mount Olympus. I'm a God on earth. We're told that in the Old Testament. That whoever the word of God was given to, they are gods themselves. You think about that. We think it's crazy people calling themselves a god. Pharaoh had it. He was God on earth. He just didn't know every human also was. But they were starting to get the pattern. And you will be called sought out. They're going to come seeking you out. That's what they did with me. And they still do. I have that anointing to draw people in the spirit. They are seeking me out. What do you have? You're different. Or something about you. You don't move in the force like we do. No, I don't. You don't move in your ancient ancestors. No, I don't. I move in a person called the Holy Spirit. I had to tell psychics that. I have to move in power that supersedes the psychics. The dog whisperers. The fortune tellers. The tarot card readers. I have to have a power that supersedes what they're doing. I have to be able to bind up that power if I need to. So these people cannot hear from their sources. I am sought out after. Because the spirit in there is seeking. It's seeking this ancient heart. And here we are. Pastor Deborah had to learn this. Then none of this was taught in the mental health counseling. How much of that was God talking to us? All of it was. You're learning his heart, his will, his desires. This is just a beginning. But it's these two are so powerful. And then later on he gets into how he's going to do this. He has a lot of stops and starts. And he has people that won't listen to the prophets. And then one day. Hang on just a minute. One day a young man walks into his synagogue and says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and today this has been fulfilled in your ears. And they went bonkers. Christ Jesus came on the scene. He was filled in the power of the Holy Spirit. He had passed his powerful test, and he came out preaching, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He demonstrated the kingdom of God's influence on earth against sickness and disease. Do you know I just heard a medical doctor said prayer won't work against this COVID Wuhan virus. I'm sorry to say, but prayer will work because a spiritual king such as Pastor Deborah has all authority over that earthly 
biological natural virus. But behind the virus is the spirit of death at work. Can be Satan at work. Can be God at work. But Pastor Deborah and anybody that's a spiritual king in the kingdom of heaven that is not still a child in division and denominations, bickering and angry and full of hate, they don't have that yet. They're just a child. But Pastor Deborah can speak to that virus and it will obey. Christ Jesus did that to sickness, to blood, to cancer, to death, to epilepsy, to somebody in the tombs that was full of two legions of demonic spirits. He he was cutting himself, running around butt naked, terrorizing the place. He wasn't in his right mind. That is the power of of the kingdom of God. And God says in verse 61 and 62. That's what I want to give you. But I can't give it to you right away. i got to work through the scriptures. So first you have to figure out you're a mess. And you've got to know that. That you are a mess. That all that you think you know. Your denomination. Your religion. Isn't doing it. Not cutting it. Praying six times a day doesn't get it. There's no blessings on your nation. The women are still being raped and abused and human trafficking is still going on. Those are not godly people. I don't care which God you served. Allah ain't. You think Allah would be happy with the way women are being treated and children? Are being abused and married off at 10, 11, and 12. And women are having their genitals cut off. So they can't have any sexual pleasure. So the men will be happy. You think that would make any God happy. That's a loving, kind father. How about human trafficking, sexual abuse of women and children? The poverty that you see when you have rich, elite politicians ripping off the nation, living by different standards, acquiring all the gold and silver they can. Power of hungry, greedy people. Do you think that would make any loving God as you read about in Isaiah 62 and 61? To rejoice over you. The only God that would do that. Is the God of this age. His name is Satan. The king of the kingdom of darkness. Which means ignorance. The fallen one from the kingdom of heaven himself. Lucifer. Only he would be happy. At all of this kind of behavior. Because all of that is pure. Evil. Carnal flesh. Devilish. Out of the soul. Forcing the spirit to even serve Satan in ignorance and torture. This loving God of Isaiah 61 and 62 is not like that. He cares so much that he sent his right arm, Christ Jesus, to pay the legal price. Adam had committed treason. It had to be paid for. The law was... You had to die. We're told that back in Genesis. 
So here comes Christ Jesus, the right arm of salvation. He comes as Adam, the second Adam, the original image. And he dies and takes Adam's place. He pays the price that Adam and all of humanity needed to pay for their treasonous act of rebellion to their creator. And this young man does Christ Jesus did that. Why? Because of the goppy love of his mother, the royal law of the kingdom of heaven. He loved his father that we read about in Isaiah 61 and 62 so much he would give his life for all of humanity. And once you learn this father's heart that there is no greater love than to lay down your life for somebody else. To pay the price for a guilty person. Even though you did not do that. Tell you a story how I know that. When I ministered to people. The story was this young boy. Was sodomized by a satanic high priest in his garage. With a steel rod. I got him to the hospital. Now this part of it you may not believe. But it's true. The pain was so bad in this young boy. He had to leave his body. And a young man that was a tough mafia guy my son part Indian love him dearly named Victor very courageous man he took his spirit and went inside that young boy's body to do all the surgery dealt with all the pain in the hospital Victor was that kind of loving heart he was tough he cared for the little ones who were weaker when I need him I call on Victor. So then what happened the young through the surgery, Victor finally leaves, the young boy gets back in his body. They come home. They give the young boy a lot of medicine, a lot of opioids for pain, because there's gonna be a lot. A lot of infections are gonna come. But we had just had a wonderful deliverance session with him where I took him up to heaven, put him in Owl's arms, who had been a heroin addict. And this young man named Gavin was instantly delivered from heroin in the throne room of holiness. So he didn't want to take the medication. So here's what I did to show the love that was shown to me and the level of the love I had for them. I said, I will take your infection and your pain on me. Because somebody else long ago took my pain on him and went to a cross. Because the love he had for his father, the love he had for all of humanity, to show you that level of love called agape. I will take your infection and pain. Even though the rape did not happen to me in my anus, was not sodomized by a steel rod, did not have to have surgery, I knew the Father would give me the pain and the infection. And I would have it for a while. And then just as Christ Jesus had all of that and went into hell, had suffered. At some point the Holy Spirit would come back into me and bring healing. I knew that. So to show them what had happened on the cross for them. This power, this love. 
I prayed a prayer. Dear Father, let me take their pain, this young boy's pain, Gavin's, so he doesn't have to take any medicine, so he doesn't have to get re-addicted to heroin or opiates. And all the other people that were spiritually on the phone with me, they all loved this young man too. They all took, they offered to take the pain themselves. Agape love was showing them how it worked on the cross. And then I forgot about it for a couple of months and I got a diverticulitis infection. Thought it was a stomach flu, didn't go to the doctor. Two months afterwards, I cannot breathe. Water had backed up in my heart. I get there and my heart had been attacked by a virus. My heart is very susceptible. Had another one before. They had to put a pacemaker in because it was barely pumping. Infection's gone. They put me on powerful antibiotics. And this was what was probably supposed to happen to the young boy. He had gotten saved and was breaking free. And they were after him. The one he was breaking free was from this young man, who also was my son, who's in heaven now, Isaac. Because he wanted to be free of him. He had been in child pornography since he was six months old. So I ended up with a pacemaker. I still have it. And it is a symbol, sort of like Jesus' scars in his hands and his feet, that I paid a price. The rape did not happen to me. Like it did not, I was innocent of it. But I took their pain and their grief so they would be spared. Because the love I had for these people was so strong. And I was going to show them the love that was shown to me on the cross. That Isaiah 61 and 62 had come to my life. So I was helping people the Lord's way. Through a cross. I was showing them the what was done for me. I was helping people to believe in this God. Because a little while after that, I think, or a little before that, there was this young girl named Dawn. She was a multi-generational Satanist. We had done a lot of deliverance work, but we weren't finished. So I'm driving up to Pittsburgh to see my son. And on the way, I'm listening to a song from Hill Songs. And he said, I'm not finished with her. I said, okay. When I get back, I'll drive to Baton Rouge. That's where she lived. I don't know her last name. You'll have to tell me. I'll go do deliverance on her. But that's not what he was after. During this song, I said, pray. I said, Father, finish your work that you started with these people. It was with Gavin, Don. Amanda and Isaac and Victor, Seamus and J.L. and Hans and so many others. He did a deliverance work during a song while I'm driving on the interstate. And I could see we were all in the throne room of holiness. They were dancing and rejoicing. They were singing. He had done such a powerful work from the Holy Spirit. He had set them free. They were up there dancing and singing with this song. 
He was dancing. Deliverance and doing work the Lord's way is not the way you people see it. It's not loud. It's him telling you what he wants to do when he wants to do it. In his way. His ancient heart is full of love and power to set these precious spiritual ones free. So they can all dance and rejoice in the courts of holiness in the throne room. Some of those people are dead. Some are still here on planet earth. Oh, you wouldn't know. But their spirits, when their bodies die, they are such free. They're still a mess. But God knows that. So Isaiah 61 and 62 were my foundations for teaching me the Father's heart. His desires, His will, His purposes. Then I had the experiences that would back it up. I had to learn about the cross. I had to learn what it was for. I had to learn about love. I had to see the mess that humanity had gotten into. And we're going to learn in part three and four of Ancient Hearts about the other guy's heart of Satan and his dark heart. And we're going to work through some scriptures and you're going to see a difference. And you see it out in society. The soul a lot of times reflects both of them. During this Wuhan COVID-19 virus, we see a lot of people pulling together, feeding other people, helping nurses in the hospital, people giving everything, their own blood. And then we see how other people respond in nations. We see how China is responding. It's not out of a heart of love or forgiveness. They'd have to go commit Harry Carey and commit self-suicide. But they won't do that. They're very prideful people. The dragon ain't going to bow to nothing. So we see these two hearts. We see what's going on with all of the riots and the violence. We see two hearts all the time. Right here on planet earth. We see when children are loved and cared for. And then we see the abuse. We see human trafficking just to satisfy business. And the lust of the flesh. For pleasure and sex. We see it when people are stealing money. We see greed. It's all the lust. That's the heart of Satan. Great teaching on lust that I have. But right now we're going to finish up. These are just beginning. And how basic I had to begin. I stayed in the Old Testament. I read. I went slow. I would cry a lot, both for the Father who loved us so much and wanted us back and wanted to clean us up and fix us. We were so broken and hurt and wounded and bruised. 
And he was working in tandem with his right arm, his word of God, his son who was sent, and the spirit of truth. All the hosts of heaven were involved in this just to fulfill the father's desires to have a family made in his image and after his likeness so they could rule and reign this beautiful planet called earth which is now so violent and filled with so much blood he's going to destroy this planet one day the sun will probably explode and while everybody's up there in the throne room and the demons are getting sent to the lake of fire and everybody's being judged the books and the videos are coming about what you did this earth is going to explode and burn up he tells us in revelation it won't be by flood it'll be by fire and he'll create a new one and he will start over he says i am the beginning and i am the end then he will have his sabbath his day of rest finally he will get to have what he always wanted his heart's desires his will and his purpose accomplished but we're not there yet we need a lot more people learning about him a lot more people getting intimate with him studying him and studying his word I hope this helped you as you too grow and learn to help people the Lord's way on part the next basic will be part three we'll start talking about Lucifer and we'll get from him to Satan with the same guy sort of just in a perversion form but those then we know we have two hearts that are down here on planet earth you might say good and evil black and white the yin and the yang a lot of stuff represents that life and death so enjoy Pastor Deborah here let's pray Father we thank you for those who came in the spirit that are sitting out there by the millions and the billions and those that will hear this tape we thank you that they are coming and learning and growing that you have placed a desire to know you in them they are seeking you and they're learning they're learning about you and your heart and your desires father touch them with your presence your peace and your joy so they may know that you are real that you care for them you have a great plan for their life both now and later and that you need them and they are wanted father watch over them till they can come to know you and they can step into your courts of holiness father send forth your host of heaven to show them the way get all the rocks and the stones out of their way so they won't stumble father call them out of the darkness from wherever they are in the name of the right arm of God himself Christ Jesus amen be well and be blessed Pastor Deborah bye thank you for listening and watching this video it is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today 
and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.